10th episode of You and I for the Kenai. Today I'm here with Eric and SJ, and SJ's going to tell us a little bit about her recovery story today. Um, yeah, SJ, how are you? Super excited. I'm super happy to be here. My name is SJ. I'm, uh, I'm 38 years old. Uh, I'm from Kodiak, Alaska. From I... the far south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have three children. My kids are 21, 11, and 3. Uh, a lot of people... What's SJ mean? SJ is short for Sarah Joe. Sarah Joe, yeah. not Sailor Joe. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't curse that much no more. Um, like a sailor. <laughs> yeah, like a sailor. Um, I. Uh, well, you have an anchor necklace on too, so I thought maybe it was Sailor Joe. Yeah, I'm from. Uh, I'm an island girl. I'm a fisherman's daughter. Sure. Sure. So. Yeah. You grew up fishing. <laughs> yes. A little bit. Oh yeah. In Kodiak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my dad's been a commercial fisherman my whole life. Wow. Um, he used to crab fish. He doesn't do that so much anymore, but he does, uh, like, um, fishing for herring in Sitka in the spring. That's intense. Yeah. I fished in, uh, Bristol Bay in 2015, and it was like the wild, wild west, man. It it's is. Like the wild west on the water. Because like, I grew up in Montana, mm-hmm. and so, like, people ask, like, what was that like? And I'm just like, dude, it's like westerns, but, like, on the sea, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole nother world. And I'm, like, pretty, at times pretty rough around the edges, you know, and, like, I mean, I'm not, I didn't grow up in like some like super square picket fence, cookie cutter mm-hmm. avenue, whatever. And I was on this boat in Bristol Bay and they were talking about some stuff that was a little weird. And they literally told me like, dude, you're just a little too square for us. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, man. Like, and so then I tell my friends in Montana, like, dude, like it's like, they told me I was too square and like, man, that place must be kind of rough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's a whole nother world, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 It's uh, I've been tendering since I was 10. Wow. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a really amazing thing though, to be out yeah. on the water. Yeah. Um, I, I like being out on the water cause it just makes me realize how small I am Sure. <laughs> on this planet. I'm, yeah. you know, just like a little speck. Yeah. So it makes you just kind of appreciate life. Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming at times. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Last time we were out, my dad's like, wow. He's like, you actually got, um, the least used data on the phone plan. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's cause my phone ain't working. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, keep up the good work, babe. Like, not, yeah, yeah. Don't get used to it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's no signal. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. So you grew, grew up in, uh, you grew up in Kodiak and then, uh, what, when did, did you, how long were you in Kodiak? Um, not very long. When I was about four years old, we actually moved to Sterling. Okay. okay. Um, and it was around that time that my dad got hurt like really bad. He was working construction and he almost died. Wow. Um, and so that was kind of, um, some of my first memories, um, starting out. And then, uh, and then we moved to Nanilchik, um, which was strange um sure. it's so small and um and that was i don't know that's kind of where you know most of my like first childhood memories started mm-hmm. um we were my family was kind of like in a religious type cult um like um i remember smashing my thumb um completely um like to the bone like my nail was all off and my mom calling the pastor and they told him to like not give me any Tylenol or anything that God was just gonna fix it and wow and uh yeah it was it was a little That's bit pretty strange. intense yeah yeah, yeah. pretty uh, extreme yeah 
And um, my dad was gone a lot because he was always fishing. Yeah. And, uh, so is this you and your, you, did you say you had siblings? I do. I, um, sure. Um, there were, um, that was actually around the time that my, my little sister was born and my little sister was born just, just completely broken. And so that actually took my mom out of the picture as well because she had to spend most of her time like um, up at Providence um, Hospital with my sister. And so it was just me. I actually don't even remember who watched us at that time. Um, and so my little brother and sister, Hannah uh, and Sam, were 13 months apart. Um, and then I had an older brother, uh, James. And uh, I don't know, like, it, it's really weird. Like, around that time, like, there was just a lot of, lot of turbulence. Um, I think my mom had that, um, like, Andrea Yates-type postpartum, where um, she just kind of checked out. Um, there was just like a lot of a lot of turbulence, uh, turbulent stuff and, and turmoil going on during that time. Um, my mom ended up having to sell the kitchen table to uh, to buy groceries, and we were just were so poor. And my dad was just, you know, living that fisherman life. It's like yeah. you, you know, you go out and you make so much money, and you just are so happy to be alive when you get home that you just kind of just party it up. And yeah. and so we didn't see much of him, and so we moved to Kenai. And, um, you know, when my dad would come back to town, it was like, um, which I can relate to a lot of the families nowadays whose parents work on the slope or whatever. It's like, you know, dad or mom comes home and it's like, they don't really feel part of, you know, they're trying to reel everybody back in and make things go their way. And so there's just a lot of like, um, disagreement and, um, and it was, you know, one of my earliest memories as a kid is is adults just being like, what, what do you want? Like, go outside, do something. Mm -hmm. Cause I was just a total spaz, you know? And I'd be like, no, I'm just trying to tell you something. And they'd just be like, ah, right. you're so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like get out of here. And so I would just be like, I always felt like super misunderstood. Um, you know, and I would just be trying to like communicate. And uh, so yeah, that got diagnosed later, thank God. But um yeah, I just kind of was just all over the place. I just was super energetic and, yeah. What was, you were diagnosed, like, ADHD mm -hmm. or, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't until I was 30, 34 years old. Yeah. You well, know, that, and so adult. I spent my whole life just pretty much, um, it was explained to me, like, that you pretty much stay in fight or flight. That's right. Everything felt so intense. Everything sure. felt like, um, you know, out of control and... Um, so that was actually just a huge eye opener for me. And I wish so bad that I could have got, you know, help with that earlier, uh, simply because just, you know, growing up, I, I couldn't concentrate in school. Mm -hmm. And I just thought there was something wrong with me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Of course, and so did my family. Um, you know, like, you just don't think right. You're just, you're not applying yourself. And I'd be like, so, you know, like, just so desperate. And, um, yeah. So I just kind of made my social life be my focus because that doesn't take too much focus. <laughs> you know what I mean? You probably thrive in that a little bit. You're probably energetic and exciting and, I don't know, like kind of a life of the party at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, for think, sure. Yeah, so <laughs> no doubt. It's like you could thrive in that. Well, you know what's funny, though, about people that are very energetic, either people like you. Or they hate you. Or they hate you. Sure, they sure. can't stand your ass. Right. I mean, you're a lot to handle at times, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's I, true. like I said before, it was like, oh, normally we get a script like for some of this movie, <laughs> but I don't think we'll need one. And it's, to some extent, like that's like 
really nice. I mean, you're very high energy, and that's really fun to be around, I think. Well, yeah. when I finally did get diagnosed... I know he thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally did get diagnosed, somebody explained to me, they're like, like, and I'd be like, you know, like, people just are annoyed by me, or they think I'm weird, and da-da-da, and, and it, it was explained to me, like, do you ever look at someone and be like, wow, I wish I had their low energy? Right. <laughs> and I'm like... Sure. Yeah, that's true. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's got to be like someone that maybe just uh, can't relate to you because they are a lot lower energy or they just don't understand it because, um, but a lot of people are extremely, um, you know, motivated. Yeah. On the so. other hand, and I don't know, but is are there ever times that you're like, man, I wish I could chill out a little bit? I mean, there's kind of a flip side of the coin, right? I mean, it's hard. Well, here's the thing is sometimes people are like? like, wow, would you calm down? And the funny thing is, is like inside I feel completely exhausted. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and yet I, I'm like an enigma. Like I just still come off completely like spazzed out. And yet inside I'm like so exhausted and so drained. So, yeah. um just having the awareness that that's what's going on with me um i've been able to you know just kind of like identify like when i'm um maybe needing to just like chill or just be quiet or like hey you know sit on your hands you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like you need to focus a little bit here and uh, but it's been really helpful but um through recovery i actually found um before I got diagnosed, um, I got a, I got in a lot of trouble in uh, 2009, and that was actually the last time that I got in, in a lot of trouble. Um, but I, I got arrested, and when I went to uh, Highland Mountain, I immediately, I wasn't there 24 hours, and I already signed up to go to the RSAP program, which is the Residential Substance Abuse Treatment, uh, while you're at Highland, um, which they have now discontinued, which I'm extremely disappointed about. But um, so I went there, and um, excuse me, is Highland a Facility? Yes, okay. Highland Mountain is the the women's facility in Alaska. In, in, okay, it's actually in Eagle it? River. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. okay. And uh, that was actually the first time that I had actually wanted to, you know, completely just clean up. I mean, I had wanted to so many times. I just, sure. I just didn't know how. I didn't know what to do. And so um, when I got out, I had to go to a uh, Part of my thing was I had to go to a six-hour computer class, and I had to go to to um, some outpatient treatment. And the only way to sit through that computer class was to I would go to the gym. I yeah, would go to the gym, sure. and I would exert myself like as hard as I could, because if not, I just couldn't sit through the class. And so, it's weird computer. I don't get that. They say it was it was just a just a basic com business computer system, oh, like oh, Word, really? Excel, you know, oh, so yeah, I could yeah. get a good job. Right. Word, yeah. Word, <laughs> word, yes. Word that's and cool. Excel. Yeah, that's you know. Cool. <laughs> so um, and so you know, through my recovery, I actually um, and being clean, I actually, um, even though I started going to the gym just to kind of like for the mental clarity. Um, it actually evolved, and I began to compete, and so that actually evolved into something else. So even before I was diagnosed, I was actually, I mean, I was aware that, you know, I needed to do something to, you know, bring my focus into, uh, and so that actually turned out to be kind of cool. Cool. Nice. So you, uh, you, you're living in Kenai. When did you start to, uh, when did you kind of turn to substances, like, to cope? How did that kind of happen? How did that start? Well, in 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 my family and uh, you know just where I grew up, 
it was like if you were if you were grown up or you were mature or whatever, you partied. Now party meant what, like 15? Well, yeah, that just like came with the territory, you know what I mean? And so I thought if I'm grown, then I, you know, party or... Yeah, yeah. So by 15, I think I had tried pretty much everything I'd ever been offered. Um, And, um, but it was, uh, I was just, it was soon after my 16th birthday. And you were living in Kenai? No, I was actually living in Colorado at the time. Okay. And that was when I tried methamphetamine for the first time. And being, um, you know, ADHD, ADHD yeah. it um, it just pretty much, I, I just knew right away that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, it literally became my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I It was my go-to for everything. But all in all, um, you know, um, in 1988, my brother committed suicide, and that really caused a lot of trauma in my family. Um, and, you know, and then my sister being you know so needed that my mom was just kind of emotionally unavailable so i don't know methamphetamine just gave me this feeling like nobody could hurt me mm-hmm. and so it it um it made me feel really normal yeah. um and um i could do things it kind of like opened up another side of my brain i i started to do artwork i started writing um and so i just i thought it was positive yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know and um and I actually, um, when I was 16, I tried it. I really liked it, but I didn't actually do it again until I was 18. Um, I had my first child at, um, when I was 17. Okay. Um, and so it wasn't until after that that I started doing it again. And um, it was just, I was off and running. Mm. And, uh, and I, I, I literally pretty much did it every day that I possibly could. I mean, I... Suffered a lot of consequences from it. I, you know what I mean? I spent uh, time incarcerated in Texas, um, you know. For like theft or oh, no, distribution no, no, no. or? No, it was always just possession. I, you know, sure. I was one of those types of people like I didn't steal or I didn't do anything to sure. draw attention to my use because if I did that, then I'd have to stop using. Yeah. So I would do anything to like prolong my use and hide it. Yeah. My number one job in life was to hide my drug use. Sure. And it was hard yeah, work. That sounds right. taxing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was stress. Yes, it was. uh, It was draining, and um, so you know, I just I've never been like some hope to die junkie. Um, Not that you know that 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 couldn't have come, but I just man, I always had like this seed of hope that I could do something better or that I could change or. But it was just like I was just kind of stuck. Yeah. And um, and there were periods of time that I could quit. But it was more for like manipulation, like to hide it. So I, when my parents like would come for vacation and then I'd stop and then I'd be like all normal and then they'd leave and I'd be like, woo. And um, so it, it was never actually to uh, completely clean up. It was just, you know, to, to, to get away with it, I guess, some more. Um, so I could quit for periods of time, but in that, like I didn't really know how to live. Um, Cause that's just what I had always, done you know um especially when uh you know uh, trauma would happen um i have lost so many people in my family uh to to this disease and um you know i mean it's it's (laughs) loss is a huge excuse of course you know you know i'm hurting and 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 you know this is how i stop hurting yeah um you know and we actually through these recovery stories we've been hearing you know, similarities in the fact that, not in the exact circumstance, but in the fact that a lot of the people we've interviewed have used 
mainly substances just to cover up so, just to cover up some initial pain. You mm. know what I mean? And not fully ever get that closure of actually working through whatever the root of that problem was, but instead just continuously using these substances just to numb it. Yeah. Is that kind of on base? Or? Yeah. In, uh, in 2012, um, I had had a pretty significant uh, length of clean time. I was clean for two and a half years and um, pretty much just on my own and through the program of uh, NA, Narcotics Anonymous. And, um, and uh, my, my little sister, um, she was 27, and um, she, it was the last time I pulled her out of a dope house. And, um, and she ended up having to have her leg amputated. And that was just a really humbling experience to go through with someone. Um, and um, she had ended up getting, I think, osteomyelitis, which is infection of the bone through the blood, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, she, uh, she pretty much struggled her whole life. But, um, you know, I, I went from one extreme where I'm just like, you need to clean up and you're never going to get it and da, 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 to, to right there using with her. Cause I really didn't know how to love her where she was at without, you know, completely just being right there with her. And so I ended up relapsing around that time that she got her leg amputated. And, um, and then, uh, in, in 2012, um, or in October, um, actually the same age, she was the same age as Janis Joplin and she died on the exact same day. Um, on October 4th, um, she, she lost her life to this disease and that, that just kind of sent me into yeah. a, a complete spiral. Mm -hmm. You know, I was maintaining, I've always been kind of a functional user, you know, um, I still have my job and I'm still going to work and stuff like that, but I was literally just, just dying inside. I was hurting so bad mm -hmm. and thank God I had, um, you know, earned the trust of, you know, my, my old probation officer, um, and, and she helped me. She helped me. Um, that was the first time I'd actually ever told someone like out loud, like to their face, like, Hey, I, I can't stop using. And it literally just kind of was like a broke the floodgate open. Like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Now we know where to start, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so, um, she introduced me to Serenity house, which is, uh, here in Kenai and, um, Going there just changed my life. They, uh, when I got there, I'll never forget, my counselor said, uh, she goes, you look like a bull And I said, well, <laughs> I said, well, not me, ma'am. Of course not. And she said, well, uh, you're not a bull Not at all. I said, no, no, absolutely not. She goes, why don't you pick up that phone and tell your PO that you were loaded when you got here? <laughs> cricket, cricket. Yeah. And, wow. uh, and, but you know what? It was at that time that I just, I would have done anything they told me to do. And that's exactly what I did. I picked up the phone and, and I did that. And I uh, think I shouldn't pick up. I left her a message, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little easier. You know? I was like, yeah. don't pick up, don't pick up. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so, you know, it was just, it was funny. They, um, they made me do funny things like go out and hug trees and like primal scream. And like, it was there that I actually got the opportunity to grieve my sister Mm -hmm. Um, which was huge cause I needed a safe place to do that. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, yeah. So when I got out, I was, uh, I started actually visiting Highland Mountain Correctional Facility. I actually started to go and interview girls that are women that my PO thought might be ready for treatment. You know, I'd interview them and ask them, 
questions that I know that I would have needed to be asked and uh, I'd be like yes she's ready or and there's actually been some success stories mm -hmm. um one girl did like a story on KTUU I think that's what the channel is and she yeah. did like a story yeah. about heroin and about the crime and stuff like that that's happening in Anchorage um you know what I mean so it's like I I, I love the fact that you know just helping other people that you know are stuck just like I was so um, I started going back to Serenity House and actually telling my story there. And um, did you do inpatient there? I did. Serenity mm -hmm. for thirty days. Yes, okay. I was there for forty because on the thirtieth day they're like, "We're going to go ahead and start you on some ADHD medicine," oh, wow. <laughs> and so we're going to see how that works out for you. Wow, mm -hmm. and that uh, would have been hard because a lot of yeah. that's kind of like. Isn't like Adderall like an amphetamine salt and like? It was actually not. I actually got sure. started on Intuniv, which is a non-stimulant. Um, oh, it's okay. actually that's because yeah. right when you said that, right when you said that, I was like, right when you said that you had ADHD, I thought, kind of like, well, if because I didn't know your drug of choice before mm -hmm. you brought it up, but I was like, man, if her drug of choice was a stimulant, mm -hmm. it's, that's got to be a tough thing yeah. to kind of try to medicate because I know a lot of ADHD medications are stimulants. You know, but and I, I think that's, that I think were... that's like a, a huge um, kind of barrier sometimes because it's like there's so many people with dual diagnosis. Sure. So it's like you've had ADHD since you were a kid. You self-medicated with methamphetamine and right. that was your drug of choice. So, so where do we, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, where, where, which, which part do we, where do we start mm -hmm. with yeah. the substance abuse or with your co-occurring disorder? You know what I mean? Right. So, right. so that can be really hard, but, um, you know, there are like non-stimulant, um, you know, um, options, cool. but, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't feel I anything. I just, yeah. yeah, I still felt like so energetic and just like myself, I never felt like weird or groggy or you know, strange, yeah, but it was when I went to, um, the summer solstice festival here while I was still in house and somebody goes, dude, check out SJ. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? I'm like, what? And they're like, uh, did you start taking medicine? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I was like, why do you say that? And they're like, dude, you're so chill. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, what do you mean? They're like, Sarah, when we met, you were sitting on top of a refrigerator with a hula hoop. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, that definitely changed my life too. I was able to like engage in conversations. I was able to stop finishing people's sentences because my mind would just be going so fast that, yeah. um, I'd be talking to someone and I totally like go left and say something and they'd look at me like, why aren't you paying attention? And I'd come right back to the conversation and then they, you know, they tilt their head again. Like how, how is she doing that? And it's just because this, um, I learned that when you have ADHD, the speed, the part of your brain that controls the speed of your thoughts just doesn't work. So it, it's hard for you to even decide how you feel about those thoughts because you can't even slow them down, you know, enough to even think about it. Mm -hmm. So that really changed my life. Um, and I was just able to, uh, it really made me wish that I, that I could have got like some sort of help, uh, earlier in life. Yeah. Cause I just think mm -hmm. that I, I, I could have done a lot more stuff, but it, you know, it happened just the way it was supposed to. And so I'm, I'm still grateful. I want relationships is just a huge, huge thing for me. Um, as far as like triggers go, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, um, and I, I've been struggling for the last few years, um, with certain relationships. And so recently, you know, um, I just kind of fell back on all behaviors, uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes when you 
stop working your program and you know it that lasts for a little while i'm just the kind type of person that i need consistency you gotta stay plugged in yeah. i yeah. do i yeah. do yeah. and i need to what, what was happening is i wasn't nurturing myself i was still going to treatment centers and speaking and i'm talking like standing ovation like everybody <laughs> clapping and like i'm like dying inside because yeah. i would be drinking a little bit or i would be you know dibble dabbling in 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 um you know old my old best friend yeah. hanging out with her. Yeah. Um, and then I got really mad at myself when I came back in the rooms this time. I'm like, you know, um, you're a, you're just such a fake. And I, and I really had to forgive myself because just because I was falling back to me, like didn't mean that I wasn't still passionate about recovery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've yeah. always had this passion for it. I've seen it change lives. Um, I've seen people climb out of the deepest holes um and uh and their lives just completely turn around simply from choosing to uh to not pick up and to not use drugs and so um you do very much seem like an all or nothing kind of girl oh yeah like i'm a street so baby seems, yeah i mean it, you do and it seems like if you're not like super plugged in to something really hardcore like you're gonna maybe fall back to i mean and get plugged into something else really hardcore it doesn't well, seem like you're the type of person that's going to do something halfway. For very long, at least. No. You know? yeah. No. Yeah. That's like people are like, oh, well, I think I can, you know, drink. And I'm like, yeah, you'll be able to for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> for a little while. But right, then yeah. you're going to want more because that's just what we do. And right. uh, I don't know, man. Just getting clean just really helped me see, like, you, know, you get to see things, like, almost like with brand new eyes. You get to see, like, those friends really weren't your friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those the light that life really wasn't the what you wanted. Um, but in really, um, so in this, I, I went to Serenity House in February. I, um, I ended up getting a DUI, um, and of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I really, really, I was planning on asking for help. I really was. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I mean? But sometimes I'm just one of those people just a that needs. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah. And well, I just I felt like it just it came, whether I wanted it or not, the help was gonna come. You yeah, know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because that's just how it happens for me. Gonna learn today. And um, yeah, <laughs> and so uh, by go I went back to Serenity House because I knew exactly where to go, and that was the most wonderful thing to me. Is I went there, and I was like, I, I need help, and they just said, Oh, S.J., come on yeah. in, man, we got you, and uh, and that was that was actually quite wonderful. I didn't have to. Um, you know, like find anywhere. I mean, I knew where to go and that, and that was just really cool for me. And so by going back in there, I actually learned, man, that I've been carrying around like some hurt and sorrow that I didn't even yeah. know was there. Mm -hmm. I had been like, you know, like I'm just one of those people like, um, you know, just be tough, just be tough. You got this. It's fine. Like you can fix it or, or don't let that bother you or just hate that person. You know, that way you don't have to tell them that they hurt you. You just mm -hmm. be mad at them then it'll be fine. And I was just stuffing and stuffing and stuffing all these horrible um, feelings. And uh, and so it was kind of cool to go back to Cerny House and um, kind of figure out what I, what I was missing. And uh, I got to, uh, I got a permission slip. And the permission slip was to feel, just feel whatever, whatever I needed to. And that was just like, I don't know, it sounds so simple. But um, it really changed things for me because... I'm really good at wearing masks. I'm really good at putting, uh, you know, glitter on a turd mm -hmm. and making it just look pretty. And, uh, you know, it's like when I went into detox, they were like, you're, 
you still have weight on you. Your eyes aren't all sunk in. Like, what's going on? And that's really just because I would do anything to, like, cover it up and cover it up. And um, so uh, just going in there this time was was really, really eye-opening for me. And I got to open up and um, and look at some things in my life that had been un- unacceptable. And, um, and, you know, and when you learn, like, that it's not so much like what other people are doing to you. It's what you're, you're going to do with that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, maybe, maybe it's hurtful stuff that's being done to you, but you have a choice to, like, deal with it in a different way. And so that was really cool. And um, I don't know. I have uh, Last time I was in Cerny House in 2013 when I got out, I actually, um, Cerny House was trying to get the funding for, um, for their transitional living. Yeah. And yeah. I actually feel like super proud of that because I actually was one of the people that wrote letters mm-hmm. and, um, and helped them get that funding. So wow. it's like, <laughs> I live there now. And so I'm just really proud of like what it's become. And, um, and the people who have, who have made it possible, um, is, is, I just, I don't know. I love, I love them all. And so, I don't know, today things I'm doing differently is before I used to, uh, I never got a sponsor, you know, Uh (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm like, I got this. And we keep hearing that, you know, that's a really, at least having something, some relationship like that functions a lot like You know what I think it is, is just like the word. So I just say friend. Sure. Because if I say friend, like I'm going to call my friend, it sounds a lot easier. The phone doesn't feel so heavy. Right. You know, people are like, I got to call my sponsor. And I'm like, just say friend. Like, yeah, I got to call my friend. Yeah. You know, yeah. it makes it a lot easier. And so, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's that sponsor sounds so authoritative. Or yeah, like I was something. talking, I know, it's funny you bring that up. I was talking to somebody the other day about, like, kind of how that functions. And I said, you, you know, we don't even need to use that word. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, but if, as far as I understand, like, the sponsor is somebody that, like, you can be open with that is, like, supposed to be like the one of the most trustworthy people in your life right and that you can be like open and honest and they're they're also kind of want to hold you accountable to some extent right mm-hmm. and so like however that relation like whatever relationship type is going to function like that you know you don't have to necessarily call it a sponsor it just needs to function kind of in that way right in my right heart, well it, maybe you it's like it's almost like you can't be you. you can't be too close right you know what i mean you can't be yeah, besties yeah but you can't be um you know you've got to have some sort of like um something relatable with them right. um like right now my sponsor she's rad she runs triathlons she's really athletic like me and so um i don't know she's really driven and stuff like that but, you know, I, I've never actually worked a full set of steps. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's something different I'm doing. And they always say, like, you know, you're going to think like that. You're going to tell your sponsor all this stuff. And they're going to be like, um, you know, you're going to be afraid to tell them. But, you know, most of the time they're like, oh, I did that too or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Same. That, yeah, that didn't, yeah, that didn't happen for me. She oh. was like, that's the saddest story I've ever heard. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, the fourth yeah. step is taking a, a moral inventory of yourself yeah, and, well. uh, and admitting to yourself, uh, God, and another human being exactly the, the exact nature of your wrongs and like what mm-hmm. you did and exactly the reason you did it or whatever. And so actually, after I did my fourth step, I literally got physically sick. Like I, mean, I that's, yeah, it's that, literally, oh, it was gosh. like, I yeah, I couldn't even imagine doing that. I woke up in the middle of the night and I only made it to the sink. I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah, I got really, really sick, and I, I truly believe, you know, since we're body, uh, mind, body, and spirit, that 
I mean, that was just, it was physiological. It was, it was all of it just yeah. coming out. And, yeah. um, and, um, yeah, so, um, it felt really good though to like get that stuff out because I don't like to admit that people hurt me or, yeah. you know what I mean? That no, I was hurt exactly. by certain things. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm tough, man. Yeah, like yeah. you can't, you can't, it's not okay to be vulnerable. This, you can't touch this. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There's this, uh, like super famous, like social worker, researcher, Ted talker, her name's uh, Brene Brown. She's like, so I call her social work. I, I think I've heard her. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, they have a, like stuff like you like a lot of the, her stuff is at Serenity. They'll like watch TED talks mm -hmm. that she gives. So you, yeah, you probably have seen her stuff. I call her social work Jesus because her doctorate <laughs> is in social work, but she does a lot of research like around like emotion and kind of like the human being in its like essence and what you need and part of it. My friend had been reading one of her books and my friend made a post about one of something she said. And it was kind of a longer one, so I didn't. I mean, I read the whole thing, but I can't tell you the whole part of it. But one of the lines was, uh, like, essentially, as much as you try to protect yourself by not owning your story mm -hmm. or by owning your feelings, like, they own you. Mm -hmm. So it's like a totally backwards, kind of inverted process. Like, as much as you try to push these things away, as much as you try to not own these things, they own you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what seems like what you had just said, like, you know, as much as I tried to make it so that this person didn't hurt me, like, it was killing me. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the coolest things that I found um, in, uh, in, in recovery recently is, like, how emotionally responsible I am. Like, right now, like, I can be at work and I can be like, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, I really miss my kids. And I can be like, okay, it's okay that I'm feeling that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I have every right to feel that way. But right now, like, I still need to work. <laughs> yeah. I used to be on such an emotional roller coaster. Like, it was however I was feeling. And yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't I couldn't take care of anything else. You it's know what I mean? dude. Yeah. yeah. And uh, feelings made coaster. me there. Yeah. Dude. Literally. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's like a little meme. And it's um, it's the Grinch. And he's like, oh, I'm feeling. <laughs> like, ah. And that's how I feel sometimes, you know, um, as much as you, you, the, the more you like suppress the feelings, the like stronger they become, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, that, and that's hard, man. I mean, I can totally, un, I can totally relate to that. Um, I've been diagnosed with ADHD as well, manic depressive, you know, so it's all of that. It's one of those things where you don't, you think about it and it's running through the back of your mind the whole time, but it's like there's two sides of this, of your brain, like the mm -hmm. brain that's doing right now, because that's what feels awesome. Then the other side that knows you're going to regret it later mm -hmm. or knows what you're doing, but you're just like pushing it back. And then eventually like after that roller coaster hits the top, it's going straight down and you, that roller coaster extended at the bottom, man. Like you hang out down there a little bit and you have yeah. to fully like a process everything that just happened. You're like, what, what, why? why what am i doing like what's what's my what's the purpose of doing this and you got to kind of battle that whole battle and it's just absolutely exhausting yeah absolutely exhausting so now it sounds like you're to the point where you hit that bottom and it's not quite as flat you know because you're doing things at the top that are okay like you're okay with you know mm -hmm. that you can lay down in bed at night and be like yeah like that was okay so that bottom doesn't last as long because you're okay with it now. Like you made that decision, actually got to make that decision for yourself by fully processing your emotions. Yeah. Well, one of the things about me is that like as many walls as I put up and as hard of a shell as I've, you know, carried mm -hmm. around, like I have like the most tender heart. 
And so, like, I've actually, like, just accepted that about myself. Like, dude, I'm, like, super tenderhearted. Like, and and I think, um, you know, a lot of times my mom's just like, oh, my gosh, you're so intimidating. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm passionate. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I just I just think it, it comes with, um, you know, to build up your self-esteem, you need to do esteemable things. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing today. Yeah, I'm 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 doing esteemable things that that make me feel good inside and and they and and my my heart and my mind actually match up and be like, you know, um I feel good about what I'm doing. I know that what I'm doing is good and so it it really um it just kind of creates this life and I I've, I've noticed too like um you know, I I'm, I'm still going through stuff. I still have, you know, um issues ahead. I still have, you know, hurdles I need to jump over, but it's it's literally like I'm just relaxed in it. Like I I know that I can do this, and um and no matter what happens, like it's gonna happen just the way it's supposed to. And just having that faith is actually really, really new to me. Um, I think you know I I used to run on fear so hard that I think that's one of the only things that kept my heart beating sometimes. Yeah. You know I just yeah. I, get that. I was so afraid of the future. I was so afraid of the past. I was so afraid of you know the current situation. I just. You know, and like I said, and I think that's definitely, I actually just learned like two years ago why my drug of choice was my drug of choice. And that was simply because I just felt like nothing could hurt me. And that, you know, and now it's like I have that exact same feeling actually in recovery. And that's, that's freaking huge. And that's, and it, and it comes from hard work and it comes from, you know, doing things a little bit different every single day. And, um, a lot of times I don't think about using but I definitely sometimes want to make the feelings I'm having go away, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's not like my mind instantly goes to, oh, I got to find something to make this go away. It's where's this coming from? Why am I feeling this way? You know, <laughs> somebody told me one time, don't get furious, get curious. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's so goofy, but yeah. it's true. It's, it's like, get though. curious. Like, where is this coming from? Why yeah. am I so mad today? Like what, you know, and, uh, and just allowing yourself to feel whatever you're feeling and just go with it. And, uh, you know, and just love yourself through the process and trust the process. So, yeah. So, today, what are you? What are some of your like days look like now? Um, like how you're staying in recovery now. So when you got into it, you you know you got into serenity. That was awesome. You said that was somewhere that you could, could keep going back to, mm-hmm. or that was always like pretty there for you. Um, and that's off uh, the intake office is off of Binkley Street in Soldatna. Mm-hmm. Um, they do like generally 30 day inpatient. Um, they have also some outpatient and is that right? I think I was in there for 50. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got the record. (laughs) No, no, there was actually a a, a six month person. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Whatever it takes. No, seriously. And, um, um, one of the cool things now is, so they used to just kind of throw you into residential, um, the 30 day residential, um, but now they actually have a detox where you can kind of go um, level out a little bit first like before you go into house. And that really makes yeah. the house a lot safer. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. Because, yeah, I went in there just... Loaded. Whooping it up. Well, I'll never forget. I, I walked in and um, somebody was like, okay, everyone's going to introduce themselves and tell you their drug of choice. And so I like, you know, I'm my mind's like... Brrr. And so I'm like listening to all of them. And so I go upstairs and the counselor comes up. She was like, you can skip group, your first group, or you can come down. I said, oh no, I'm like, I'm in. And so she didn't hear when everyone told me their name and drug of choice. And so 
when we came back downstairs, she's like, all right, everyone's going to tell you their name and drug choice. And I said, actually, no, I'm going to tell you their names and drug choice. And I went around. I was like, this is so-and-so. He used to just say alcohol, but he, he admitted cocaine now. And then, you know what I mean? And she's like, stop it. Just you're going too fast. And she's like, is Sarah Joe triggering you guys? And they're like, uh-huh. You know, but now it's like we don't have to do that anymore. For sure. Wow. You know, um, I'll never forget there was another guy that was in there. And he came in, and he was like, he was seeing stuff. Yeah. You know, and so to actually like um, get rid of all that, you know, like yeah. kind of um, chaos, chaos yeah. before you actually go in is actually made the house a lot, a lot better. Cool. Um, so um, and then now, um, so now they have detox, and then they have residential, and then they actually have a transitional living, which is where I'm living now. That's awesome. Um, I've been there since April. And, um, since I've been there, um, I was going to, I think eight groups a week, Se well, seven groups and then a, a one-on-one -on -one with my counselor every week. Um, since then I've actually became employed. Um, congrats. Thank oh. you. Thank you. <laughs> J O B. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and so now I work and, you know, I just catch as many groups as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, I go, sometimes I go to three meetings a day. Um, wow. every, every day after work, I get off work at 8 a.m. and I go to the 8 a.m. meeting so in Kenai. I do. Yeah, I remember you told me that. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and that, that's a little different for me, but it's only a couple days a week, which is good. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost kind of cool because it's like, it makes me appreciate all those pe doctors or whatever <laughs> or people that do work like overnight because yeah. I mean, you that's know, hard. life don't stop just because it's nighttime. No. You know what I mean? Like people, there's actually a lot of jobs that mm -hmm. are, that are overnight. And so, um, you know, um, I've learned there too. Like I've gotten a lot of self-esteem to that. I'm like, wow, I'm actually pretty smart. I can crunch these numbers. This totally is actually correct. pretty cool. Totally. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I became employed. And uh, so, yeah, um, I also do the Change for the Kenai booth every yeah. Wednesday, yeah, which sure. is just so fulfilling, um, you know, educating the public on uh, on safe medication practices, storage, safe disposal, um, helping people understand, like, why it's dangerous to just throw their medication in the trash, um, you know, things like that. It's just, it's really fun. It's really fun to uh, just share your, uh, share your knowledge, you know what I mean, about, about the subject. Um, I, could, I could be a counselor, probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have the experience, just not the education. Sure, right, sure. <laughs> I've got all the volunteer hours imaginable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I really appreciate you guys having me here today. It's yeah, awesome. for sure. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Thank it's you. been good. Um, this was Eric, Aaron, and SJ. You and I for the Kenai. Thanks again for listening. One second, one second. Thank oh. you. Thank you so much for being able to tell us your story and everything. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Um, SJ you know, all day, baby. Yeah, SJ <laughs> all day. Sailor Joe. Sailor Joe. Sailor Joe all day. Anyway, um, I've been called worse. <laughs> sure. If you uh, if you guys are out there listening, you know whether you're in recovery, whether you're trying to get into that, you know, and you're in the Central Peninsula area, you know, as as you heard today, as SJ said, you know, you can reach out to Serenity House that was consistently there for her, as we've heard in some of these other recovery stories, as well as some of these community resource episodes. Serenity House continues to come up as just a great resource, and if you are looking like for some, uh, you know, you need to detox, you know, detoxing from a number of drugs, you know, especially, you know, some alcohol or benzos or heroin, but especially alcohol and benzos, like those can be really dangerous. 
uh, to detox from, um, as well as, you know, a lot of other drugs that are just simply remarkably painful. And some of that, you know, those first, the hardest part at times is to try to get those first few days of uh, mm -hmm. detoxing. Um, there is some detox resources here in, uh, in Soldatna. So please, you can look up uh, Serenity House uh, on, on the internet and, and get some of those resources. And as we continue to hear as well, you know, plugging into meetings, plugging in all the way. It seems like that's what I keep hearing. You know, maybe it's, an, maybe it's like people who have like the temperament of, you know, really going all in is that you're all in or you're not to some extent. And that can really be a big deal. Um, so thank you so much for sharing us, sharing your story with us all in SJ. All yeah. Day, all in if, SJ. If, you're, if you're hurting, there's hope. There's hope. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. As Aaron said, this is uh, you and I for the Kenai and it's a change for Kenai publication. Thank you so much. Thank you.